Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, August 31, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? First, and this is really the first thing that jumps off the page on the daily chart is they're doing the thing that we discussed that they were likely going to do last night. We broke out the trend line first. We had a zone that entailed some unfinished business. They're just about to the front end of that zone as we speak. And then we also had, and this would be the lower line down here, we had a 618 retracement when figuring the low that was made here, the high that was made here. They are retracing a portion of that move upward and the 618 retracement happens to be right here. So this, by definition, is a very good zone of support and also, by definition, a full stack type of situation. And that full stack is really prevalent if they get there sooner than later. If they're there two weeks from now, it's not the same thing. If they're there this week, the beginning of next week, that is a full stack situation. Now that was really the first order of business and it was a review of what we did last night. Nothing's changed. They're doing the thing that we discussed last night. Now I have a couple of things that are really interesting to discuss tonight as well. One has to do with the gold market. We'll get to that later. And the other has something to do with cycles per se. And we'll also get to that in a few minutes when we finish up with the S&P. Here's another thing of interest. Let me clean up a little bit some of these lines. I'm going to leave one for effect. And what I'm leaving is the 618 retracement, which is just beneath a breakup candle low. The low is 389.95. We'll just call it 390. And that 618 retracement is right around 389, give or take. So you can see this scenario unfolding. It's a possibility, not a probability just yet, just a possibility they come down they spike the weekly breakup candle low by the end of the week whenever they do it they're fighting to get back up in the process they've touched the trend line the upsloping trend line they've satisfied the Fibonacci 618 retracement also known as a garden variety retracement these are things that are taught in the course lazy e-mini trader not all the time is it so obvious on where you put the high and the low, the zero line and the 100% line from the Fibonacci retracement tool. In the course, I teach you best practices on how to use that. When you look at the 240 chart, you can obviously see some unfinished business right in this zone here. It's the same number we looked at. It's 392.19 here is the beginning of that. And the gap officially filling, as some people would count it, would be 389.95, the same 390. 120 chart, you see they started to put in one of these bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of things, and they didn't even really do it for very long. In the big scheme of things, they were contained by the 200 period moving average. They couldn't get back above it. They couldn't really climb too far up the breakdown candle, and therefore they're releasing the energy in the other direction, headed where? Well, obviously to fill this gap, that's drawing price in they may miss it the first time, come up short. They may spike it through. But that gap is absolutely an objective. We're too close. It's too magnetic 
for it not to be a prevalent thing on the chart. Now watch this, and this is really from an intraday perspective on this hourly chart, but just watch what happens and where we're looking for support to start coming in the market. And now keep in mind, because we're working with the daily chart, the weekly chart, these are larger time frames. They're more dominant certainly than an hourly time frame, but watch what happens. And when you think about finding support from an intraday perspective at minimum, when they hit a certain area. So watch what happens when I go back in time and look at this hourly chart and what happened at the same area that we keep identifying where that 618 retracement is. Maybe they spike it through, maybe they come up short, but in this general zone, if we just say the zone is somewhere in this neighborhood. Now watch what happens when I look to the left and you see you have this area over here where the market tried to break out real quick. This is an hourly chart. It's intraday. They failed and then they broke out above and they really kept going. They never formally came back to complete a test of that breakout area. So that also is considered, at least from where I sit, the way I work things, not everybody looks at it like this, I do. That's also from an intraday perspective considered unfinished business. Net-net, I would be extremely surprised and notwithstanding a spike below, but for the most part, if the market didn't find some semblance of support in this general neighborhood, then the next zone down is 385 to 382. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. Below that, it's another leg lower. Now, let's go to the cycles conversation that I mentioned before. This isn't as much of a traditional cycles conversation as you might think. However, what it is is part and parcel to how I look, how cycles work. So for example, what I do each and every day for that matter, but certainly year to year, certainly month to month, quarter to quarter, I'm always looking at this stuff. What happened in history and are we at a point in time where it's a normal garden variety cycle? Let's just use hard examples, a 60-year cycle, a 30-year cycle. And those are just garden variety stuff. There's a whole lot more to it. But what I like to do is find out if there were any important events that happened. Was there an important top, an important bottom, a big event? Was it a world event? Was it a war event? Was it something else? What was it? that would generally say, oh wow, I didn't realize that that happened on this date exactly 21 years ago. Which leads me to this year's anniversary of 9-11 is 21 years old. I think we have to be on guard. Now this doesn't mean that the same thing gets replicated. It doesn't really mean anything. But what I can tell you is historically speaking, these anniversaries can have meaning. They don't always work like that, but they can have meaning, especially when they fall in an important time period, like an on-time type of situation. Think about a 60-year cycle. Think about a 30-year cycle, a 90-year cycle. Well, I think the number 21 has importance, and we're 21 years removed from 9-11-2001. It's just something to put on a sticky note I'm not looking for something to happen. I'm just aware of that period of time and we'll leave it at that. But wait, 
there's more. September happens to be, not every year, but in certain years, some years, it can be an eventful month to say the least. So we have another event that took place in September that drew my attention. And that one is the collapse of Lehman Brothers, I believe was on the 15th of September, exactly 14 years ago. Same conversation as 9-11. I'm not looking for something to happen, but I'm aware that it's an anniversary and it's at a specific period of time that I want to pay attention to. So let's just say the middle of the month, if volatility picks up, be on guard or just be on guard, period. Let's take a look inside the numbers today. We're going to run through the commentary. I'll point out a few important items. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes, and double check the work back on the charts. It's hump day already. A little bit of a bounce attempt overnight. Had one of those DCB things going again fizzled out by zero dark 30, where we wake up flat to a slight shade of red. Back and forth is normal garden variety market behavior, and so is a bounce from time to time in between the selling. That is normal garden variety. What if we get one this morning? It would be customary for Mrs. Market to pay a visit back to and likely above the big fat round number of 400. Here's a five minute chart right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see, leading up to the opening bell, they began to creep to 400. They were hanging around 400. They popped above 400, tried to get to the next figure, couldn't actually do it all the way, and then they gave up 400 and never visited it back again. So we know that the market was not going to be bullish, and you'll see this later in the notes, unless it was above 400. Now, what if they keep falling? Well, below 398 opens the door for 397 and a quarter, then yesterday's low at 396. And remember, we have the unfinished business at 395.85. That's from yesterday. And it was, in fact, unfinished. Not anymore. There's your 395.85. They did pay a visit to it later in the day. They bounced away from it and then closed below it. That's an ominous sign also, but that coincides with what the daily chart is telling us. You'll also see that 398, which is now the middle horizontal line, was a gateway to the lower stuff. They came down to test it. They bounced. They got below. They tried to recover, and they couldn't do it. Now, the market was rather slow today. The volume was about average, but they were really in what I like to call a creeping, grinding, lower type of formation. We're not in love with creeping markets. They're not easy to trade. We like markets that run to a number on a hurry basis. That at least tells me the majority of the time that they're headed somewhere, they're headed to a destination, that's where they're going, and they want to get there in a hurry. Generally provides for a good trade. All right, let's move along, see what else we have as the day gets underway. They were hovering around the big fat round number. We talked about that. They really should have gotten to 401.85 on the rally this morning, and they couldn't get there, and that ended up to be the signal of a weaker tape. Then you get back below 400, and it's no dice for the bulls. That's just the way it worked. And so, therefore, we're moving along. So by 9.31, right as the market opened, what I'm saying here is 398.45 to 398 is a zone, and it's the line in the sand. If they run a test in the give-or-take zone, expect a bull-bear battle. So what I'm saying at the opening bell is if we have an early shakeout operation down there, 
they're going to have a bull bear battle. So traders can make a decision for themselves if they want to take a long trade in that zone. Back to the five minute chart. Here's that zone. It's down at the bottom, 398.45 down to 398. The low was in the middle, 398.20. They turned around, had a rocket ride in the other direction. We had some traders that were long. They did take profit. And when they come back down, if you're holding a trailing position, you know when they get below 400, that's it. The party's over. It was well over a 20-point trade for a lot of folks, at least on a portion of the position. You take profit along the way. You let some ride. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride and which ones are going to come back. But that's how you create an emotionless trade, a risk-free emotionless trade by putting some profit in your pocket and letting some go for the never-know type of trade. We're moving along. Pause the video. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. I've basically given you the thing. The rest of it, you'll see where the numbers are support, their resistance. If you get below this, they're going to do this. Ultimately, what you'll find here in the notes is that the door is going to be open for 395.85. There's unfinished business down there, 1020 in the morning. They finally got there later in the day. They don't necessarily do it in the manner in which we prefer but they were going to do it regardless. Unfinished business will get finished some way, shape, or form. That's just the way it works. Pause the video. Read the notes. We don't have to review stocks on the move today because nothing hit its number. Unfortunately, that happens once in a while. It happened once before recently. doesn't happen that often. The market was so quiet that nothing got to their number. And again, when you're in a downtrend, you have to prepare for if you have some kind of a volatile opening, therefore you have to pick numbers that make sense for an expansion of volatility. So hence, that's where we are at present. It's how you treat it as a business. Camp IWM into the convergence of moving averages. We've been talking about this one for days. If the other markets are going to come lower, this market will come lower. It's dripping lower. It's not really down that much today, down a buck and change, it's not a big deal, but they're headed for a destination. They're just doing it slowly. It may have had something to do with the last day of the month. We're still in front of that Labor Day holiday weekend. Technically, we're still in the summer doldrums. Doesn't mean the market can't go down, but we're just not seeing the excitement, the volatility, the volume flood into the market. We're seeing none of that. The folks down at the transportation department are melting away. Why? Because they're headed to where? 13,850, what was low of day today? 13,857, spot 80. Funny how that works, just a fraction short. Now, that number's not the same as it was before. Had they hit it earlier in the day today, you would expect some kind of a reaction back in the other direction. However, the fact that they closed right above it today, you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. What if they gap below it that takes that number off the table and it activates a different number. Again, that's the way it works. What's that number, you ask? The next one down would be 13,640. Get out your sticky notes. About the Q people, here we are at that trend line again. Breaking that trend line, closing below one day, could be a fake out operation, we don't know. Closing below two days, getting farther away from that line in the southern direction. That's going to open up the door for some lower stuff to get activated. Remember, this is the same trend line that we did in the SPY. 
the QQQ people are ahead of the power curve in terms of the trendline activity. Is it going to hold and be bullish for the S&P? Or is this going to break as the S&P and others come down to reach their ultimate targets? That would be one of those $64,000 questions. The XLF 3280 was a number I believe I gave you previously. Doesn't mean they have to stop there. That's just the next place of garden variety support. It's all the same market. If all the markets are going to come down, the XLF is going to come down right along with them. Same goes for Mr. Smashmouth. 208.65 is still a good number from where I sit. They should get there, give or take, in short order if everything else is going to do what they're doing. Goes into the it's all the same market camp. All right, now let's talk about gold for a moment. This is a monthly chart, and we're really not talking specifically about the charts as much as I'm talking about something that somebody sent me earlier today, and I thought it was interesting, so I really just want to pass it along. It's valuable information. Nobody wants gold. Gold's getting thrown out with the bathwater. Can't catch a bid. Nobody wants to buy it. They're not looking at it as an inflation hedge. They're not looking at it anymore. Every time it goes down, there's 16 ways till Sunday, the reason it's going to go down further, all that stuff. We know that routine. However, just like any other market, sentiment plays an important role. When nobody's bullish and everybody's bearish, everybody's on one side of the floor. So what happens? It tilts one way. But what happens is when things turn for some reason we can't see coming, which always tends to happen, somewhere along the line, gold will make a bottoming formation. It will start from an intraday perspective. It will morph to the daily chart and beyond. Whether or not it's in front of or lower than the recent low, the one made last month, doesn't really matter in the long run because if it's lower than that, I have another number. It's not that far away. Now, this is the thing that I wanted to discuss. It's hard to see exactly what this is, so I'm going to explain it, and I think you'll get the point. So this is a chart. The symbol is P-H-Y-S-P-R-E-M, which is a comparison of two things. One of the things is PHYS, which is a Sprott product. That would be the sponsor of the exchange-traded product. This exchange-traded fund holds physical gold. It has what's called a net asset value. It's very simple what that is. The net asset value is the net asset value of what's in the fund, period. It's what the fund is worth. Right now, the net asset value trades below the actual value. It's trading at a discount. Now, there's an explanation why this thing trades at a slight discount most of the time, but not one this steep. You can see down here, minus 196. Doesn't matter what that really means. All you need to know is that it never really gets much lower than this area down here. Once here it did, but this is really extreme. This is really stretched. It's the rubber band conversation in terms of bearishness of this particular fund. This means that investors are willing to sell this fund at an actual discount to the price of what gold is trading at. That's what it means when it's trading below the net asset value. And when investors are willing to sell it below the net asset value, that's not normal there will be a snapback. If you want to read up on it, 
Go to Sprott.com, S-P-R-O-T-T.com. Look for the Physical Bullion Trust. But that was an interesting tidbit. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.